welcome to Coffee and Creatives. In this episode, Christina leads our exercises. We're talking about pages 26 through 39 and the different kinds of resistance. Noelle goes on a rant about how she feels about posthumous authors' unfinished works, and I rant about Dune. We also talk about resistance and how that relates to those closest to us, whether they're our friend or not. Something that I especially enjoyed about this episode was the discussion about creativity and art around money. We hope you enjoy the show. All right, Nate, what are you drinking? Um, I have a Moosehead Canadian lager this evening. Oh, with the lager. Boys bringing beer. <laughs> I know, this is new territory <laughs> for us. <laughs> Noelle, what are you drinking? Um, I'm drinking water. I was going to make tea, but then I made a really complicated dinner and the cleanup was complicated. So I have water, mm. but I made mm. risotto. So that's my nice. favorite. I love risotto. That's amazing. What did you put in it? Um, Probably not Gordon Ramsay approved or <laughs> Alison Roman, but I did like an Italian sausage. Um, I guess it would be, I don't know, what's something when you, like you put it under the oven and it gets in the oven? Broiled, broiled, broiled tomatoes. Yeah. Ooh, that would definitely be Alison Roman approved. Yeah. That sounds oh, super okay. good. For sure. Yeah. Have Nate you- Hutchings approved. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever watch the Great British Bake Off? I feel like everybody watched the Great British Bake Off. Mm-hmm. In it, there's this one who like won. Wait, no, it was a different thing. Anyway, she like made this risotto, and all of the judges talked about. It was a spinoff show from the Great British Bake Off. Uh-huh. It was cooking with Nadia, who won one season. <laughs> this oh. is how far down deep I dug into that show. <laughs> um, and th- this one girl like won with her risotto, and they were talking about like this is the most amazing risotto. We've never had a risotto like this, and I love risotto. And I was like, I must have it. I need to find uh-huh. out in this. The life changing risotto. <laughs> it's really good. What are you drinking, Christine? Um, I'm drinking a red wine. I think it's a Zin- Zinfandel. Zin- How do you say that? Zinfandel? Is that right? Zinfandel sounds right. Yeah. Um, it's called Griffone, and it's from Trader Joe's. It's real cheap, but it's really good. Uh, to live somewhere where you don't have, where you can buy alcohol in the grocery store. That must be so nice. <laughs> Well, it, technically, it's a separate, it's like a separate, oh, wine, yeah? they have a wine shop. Because you can't buy, you can buy beer at the grocery store, but you can't buy, in New York, you can't buy um, wine hmm. or like liquor. That is store. one of my favorite things about living in Texas. I bet. It's very easy to buy wine. I'm drinking chai tea, Yeah, high effort chai tea, where I like put the spices and everything and had to put them with the tea in a pot and then like boiled it and then added milk and it's very cozy it's the coziest drink ever it's so good i feel like i have to be like extra because i can't drink wine so i just try to make something to make me feel less sad about it (laughs) 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 yeah good strategy very good strategy um all right so today we are in this episode talking about the War of Art, pages 26 through 39. Um, and did anybody just have like any, I guess, general comments on these sections? I guess it's kind of trickier since it's not like a, a whole chapter to have like coherent thoughts. But <laughs> does anybody have anything they really want to get in? Uh, I think ADHD is a real thing, so I disagreed with him. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of his mental health comments. like, I don't know. Like, I think there is, like, situations that are right that he's talking about where he's kind of like, if you're depressed, it's because you're resisting or, like, all of those things. I don't know. He's, like, kind of, like, comes off, at least, as, like, mental health is made up by... Or mental health problems is made up by pharmaceutical companies to sell drugs which i don't think is true but i know that they made this up um but i do think i'm sure there are some people who 
don't actually have ADHD, but are like, oh, I must have ADHD. That's why I'm blocked. But there are people who do mm-hmm. have ADHD. Right. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would say, like, in general, we are a, a probably over For sure. For society. sure. Yeah. yeah. So, like, in that sense. But, yeah, I agree. It's like, yeah, these are real things that people struggle with. Yeah, and it was, I, and he, I don't know, he seems to have a weird relationship with health in general because <laughs> yeah. I don't even, I don't think it was in this, I don't think it was in this section even, but like a, there were like a few, two or three pages, that, no, maybe just two pages in a row where he was like, you know, getting sick is a problem. Like I can, like I can do something about that. Um, and like... Playing the victim <laughs> So, yeah, so I don't know. You're I, not sick. This is you resisting. No, I... Yeah, yeah I, I think that, I don't know, it seems to be, like, he seems to, like, just really bring the hammer down on some stuff, and, like, it seems to be, like, a lot of very, like, yeah, black and, and I white think takes yeah. It's much more nuanced. People do get sick, people do have mental health issues, but there are, right. you know, people believing they have mental health issues when perhaps there's a little more to it, and I, mean, I think all of us know that person who's, like, always sick. And you're like, are you really sick or do you just like, what is going on, you know? But maybe they really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I don't know, this this book in general, like, I I like it uh, on the whole. There are some things about it that I think are really valuable, but I, it does not live in any gray areas. <laughs> like, it's it's not, it's, uh, or, or even really acknowledge them very much so yeah. far. <laughs> yeah. I wonder too if it's a bit of a generational thing. Like he is quite a bit older, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, just like kind of like seeing the rise of like these things that weren't really like a thing when you know he was probably growing up. Um, <laughs> like I always think of my mom. She's always like, "Yeah, like they called it the." They call the it anxiety blues. like nerves or something. <laughs> yeah, like the blues or nerves or something. And it's just like so the interesting. Yeah, it's like, whoa, the nerves. It's like we're in a room with a wallpaper. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. oh, gosh. All right. So um, one section I did want to talk about was where he talked about resistance and your mate. Um, but I think that could be... I think mate could be replaced with, like, friend, boyfriend, girlfriend, like, significant other. Um, And, like, really any close relationship. Um, So on page 29, he says, Sometimes if we are not conscious of our own resistance, we'll pick as a mate or friend. uh, Someone who has or is successfully overcoming resistance. Um, And I just thought this was kind of interesting like how we're you know who we're drawn to whether it's a a husband or wife or friendship um and I was just wondering if you guys have seen this like play out in either your marriage or like a dating relationship or just a friendship um where kind of you feel like the supported I don't know I guess like artist or maybe you're drawn to the person because they're really like living out this mm, lifestyle or this like artistry in their life and it's kind of like easier to be part of that than maybe like go after your own stuff I was just wondering and maybe yeah when I read this like first thought of um Harper Lee and Truman Capote because Harper Lee who wrote To Kill a Mockingbird she and Truman Capote were like childhood friends and really good um, friends for their whole lives and uh, Truman Capote wrote In Cold Blood and a bunch of other stuff actually the character of Dill in To Kill a Mockingbird is based on Truman Capote as a child Um, but Harper Lee wrote To Kill a Mockingbird and then the rest of her life she really only supported Capote in writing his work like she helped him do the research for In Cold Blood and like helped him with all of his works and they weren't married or anything like that because I think Capote was gay but like the same I don't know just like and there was that book To a Lighthouse no what was it 
Uh, Ghost Set of Watchmen? Uh, yeah. Ghost Set of Watchmen that, like, absolutely yeah, it was just should a not draft have been released. Yeah. His, like, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh. I, can I just go on a small rant here about how Please I feel do. really strongly about... Like, if an author's work is unpublished, like, there's a reason it was unpublished, and it's usually not good, so we shouldn't publish it. Like, Harper Lee, Ghost of the Watchmen, and there's, like, that one draft of Jane Austen's that's, like, okay, but not a complete story, so... Mm. Uh, I was thinking of Lady Jane Grey, or no. No. What am I thinking? Maybe it's Lady Susan. I think it's Lady Susan. The Juvenilia. I was, like... I was like, what, what are we doing here? It's like, like if we go the- take one of your, like, unfinished pieces, like, here, this is yeah. Wells' work. You're like, it's, isn't this great? Like, no, it's not great. That's why I didn't publish it. Like, yeah, I know. It's, yeah. That's true. But there was, like, or like, whenever they're like, oh, it's a lost But there play. was, like, Mozart's. It's like, well, maybe it's just Mozart's like, lost. like, unfinished um, symphony, like, his death. Yeah. What it, you know what I'm talking about? And people like people like finish it for him. Like this is what he would have done. It's like, but, but wait, it's uh, requiem, right? Is that what are you? Yeah, no requiem. And I it's think, like, yeah. oh, this yeah. is his greatest one, but it's not finished. And other people put the ending, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But that's like different. You know what I mean? Because that's like collaboration with. I don't somebody. think he wanted to like collaborate. Christopher Tolkien. <laughs> Yeah, he's an unwilling collaborator. <laughs> but, like, Christopher Tolkien finishing, like, his dad's stuff is different because it's oh. not, like, Okay, so done. I haven't mentioned Dune yet, so I have to. So Frank Herbert wrote Dune, and then he died. And then <laughs> instead of his son being, like, Christopher Tolkien, I mean, like, let me carry on my father's legacy. He was like, how can I monetize and distort this story to be the worst thing ever? And it's like horror. I can't even describe it. Oh, no. <laughs> but but the first four books. Well, yeah, those are. Well, yeah, those are um, Frank Herbert. But then, I mean, there's still Dune books coming out now, but they're like, they're not. They're like they're like fan fiction kind of things the same. by his son. Um, but yeah. back to what your question was. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. That was uh, that was a rant. Um, I think that's okay. I think I do have that a little bit with Derek because Derek is such a, like, he's so like, I'm an artist and here's my stuff. And I'm like, oh, well, I'll play my piano a little bit and write two words. <laughs> like, yeah, so I think sometimes it's easier to be like, mm. well, this is what it looks like because he does it so, not like effortlessly. He puts so much effort into it, but he's definitely much more of a master of his craft than I am of mine, so... It's easy to kind of be like, oh, mm. maybe that's his thing, and mine is that I change diapers. Like, no. <laughs> no. 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 He can change he diapers. He can do too. both. Maybe. <laughs> and he can do both. And he does. Too. And he does. <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah, he just definitely takes more ownership of it than I do. Do you have this with Patrick being so, like, I hear every sound and I know everything mm. about Bach? I think we're, like, in, I don't know. I mean, you and Derek are in really different spaces, too. I think because we're in really different spaces, even though, like, both music, like, very different. Um, I don't know. I hate, like, to use the word genres. But, like, yeah, it just, it feel, and he's also in more of the mm-hmm. technical side, which I don't know, like, anything about. And... I don't know. Like, he doesn't hear lyrics, and, like, that's, like, the first thing I listen to. I think, I don't know, I don't think this is, like, as much an issue for me now, but I think I was often, like, um, maybe, like, attracted to people that were very, like, pre-marriage, like, very, I don't know, artsy and just, like, that I kind of, like, liked that energy. Like, I felt like it would inspire me and stuff. Um that being said, I don't think as much so with, like, friendships for, not that, like, my friends aren't creative, but, like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't really see this in myself, like, not to say it's not true for the author, but just for me, like, I didn't really see it very much. Like, my husband is kind of, like, he's very... 
creative in his own way. Like he enjoys, this sounds kind of weird, but he enjoys building Legos a lot. And, um, nice. yeah, like he'll that. do, that's like our new date night thing is we listen to an audiobook and I'll draw and you I'll are the Legos. biggest nerds. I oh. love that. 100%. <laughs> that is the best. I love every single thing you just said. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's really cause we're trying to recreate, like we love going on road trips cause we listen to the audiobooks together and it's like uninterrupted audiobook conversation time so trying to recreate that in our home um, just go sit in your car so like, in the driveway <laughs> that's so rad that's such a creative idea to like i don't know that's really cool i'm into this yeah. this is great um but like is he creatively blocked with his light when he builds legos no i don't think so because <laughs> <laughs> um, he's just like yeah i'm gonna build these legos like it's mm. there's not any resistance low stakes there. Yeah, but I also don't think that necessarily <laughs> means he's like a super creatively healthy person ever that I've attached with. Like, I don't, you don't think you've ever done that with any like, of your mentors? I'll see this. Maybe. I would not. Okay, um, I would not say any of my mentors have been particularly healthy creative people either. Done. Overcoming dun, resistance dun. either. <laughs> so, like, I think they had a lot of good things to teach me. Like especially technically, oh my gosh, Christina, wise, your wine but like so the mental. Good. I'm so jealous. <laughs> it does look so good. Um, Sorry, but yeah, that makes sense. But they had a hard time putting the work out there in the world in like a positive way. They was always like, "Oh, it's not that good." Mm. So I, I, I didn't like see this, but maybe yeah, that's just my experience. What about you, Nate? Um, pretty much all of my closest friends are artists. Um, but I think that for me, um, I mean, uh, it's sort of a, it's a double-edged sword, I think. Because in some ways, uh, in some ways I think it's really good. In some ways it's like I, I am sort of inspired by my friends. And, and like two of my closest friends I'm in a band with, obviously. And so... There's, like, active collaboration and that kind of thing. Um, but I... But there is, I think, an element of comparison, I think. It's like I, mm. you know, I think it is easy for me to see, um, you know, how good other people... Because really, like, not only are pretty much all of my closest friends artists, but they're all very good at what they do. Um, and so... Um, it is easy for me to think because like I do, I think I sort of do a lot of different things, but I'm uh, not like hyper proficient at any of those things. Um, Renaissance. And so the only, yeah, sure. That's, that's a very (laughs) kind and charitable way to put it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So I think, um, no, I, I, it's the, the comparison thing is probably not super healthy, but in general though, I, I think it's probably a good thing. I think like to be surrounded by other creatives, which is, I mean, it's a little bit, it's, I think it is a little bit different from what he's talking about here in the book though. Yeah. Um, Cause this is more of like a one-on-one thing and I sort of have like, it's more of just like the community that I surround myself with. So, but also a um, lot of your close friends, probably a pretty different dynamic. For, not me, obviously, but a lot of your close friends are singer songwriters and many of them are in a somewhat similar genre as you are. So it's not like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's like very, I don't know, it's like they're doing the same thing as you and stuff. So that would make it harder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. You just need to only be friends with me. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah. I You you are included in, in what I was saying, though. Like you are one but of the people not I was like talking about as one of my closest friends who's an artist who's... No, I know that's true, but you are like an artist who's very Except good at what you do. It makes me sing at church um, sometimes, and it makes me feel very uncomfortable. And he never, he never yeah. tells me ahead of time because he knows I'll like figure out a way not to do it. So I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, only, it's only ever one song because it has that extra part that I can Behold sing our God. by myself. It's my only song. Yep, that's good, Nate. Keep keep going. <laughs> keep pushing her. <laughs> Um, all right, so we're going to talk about messages of resistance. Um, on page 30, uh, he is talking about kind of like his message of resistance when he was starting out or like, I guess, throughout writing this book. And he says, 
Um, resistance almost beat me. This is the form it took. It told me that I was a writer of fiction, not nonfiction, and that I shouldn't be exposing these concepts of resistance literally. Rather, I should incorporate them metaphorically into a novel. Um, and then he goes on to talk about this a bit, and he just says, what finally convinced me to go ahead was simply I was so unhappy not going ahead. As soon as I sat down and began, I was okay. So um, I think it's kind of interesting that like that was the message, like, oh, you shouldn't be writing that. You should be writing this. Like, you don't know how to do that. You write novels. Like, this is your thing. Um, and so the exercise for this week was to write down three messages that you hear or, you know, that resistance kind of like tells you as you go about doing your work um, and then write down three counter messages to those messages to like encourage yourself rather than listen to those messages. Um, so I can go first unless anybody else wants to go first. I mean, you did volunteer. <laughs> anybody? <laughs> I, um, I, I don't want to go first, but I will say, yeah, I thought good this job was on your exercises, Christina. I um, also think that, yeah. yeah I, like, I found this one to be very helpful. I'm so, so glad. I'm so pleased. Okay. Um, you define but mine. I, but I still don't want to go first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, my three were, you aren't any good at what you're doing. Um, and for that one, I just said, you are learning and making progress every day. Um, and then this is a big one. I don't know if you get this one will come up for you guys, but you should just grow up and get a real job like everyone else. <laughs> no, that's a big that one. doesn't resonate at all. <laughs> oh, good. That's just me. Okay. Um, and for that, I think there's a lot of answers to this, but the first one that came to my head was you chose this and you wouldn't want to be like everyone else anyway. Um, I think there's a, a lot of answers to that. So I'm interested if you guys have a similar one to that. And then the third one was, you probably won't ever finish this. And to that one, I just said, um, one day at a time, don't stop, keep writing. So those were my three. And anybody want to go next? Sure. I'll oh, go ahead, Nate. I have, okay. well, I was just kidding. I have, I have two that are very similar to, to two of yours. Um, so I can just sort of, I can sort of jump on those, I guess. Um, my first one is uh, creating is a chore. It's just going to be frustrating and difficult, and doing anything else would be more fun. Um, mm. And my sort of counter message to that is creating is fun, and it's rewarding. I've talked to other people about this and noticed it in the midst of creating um, that I am happy when I'm doing it. Um, and it's it's not without its frustrations, but it's absolutely not a chore. Um, and then my last two are the ones that are similar to yours. Um, Specifically with regard to songwriting, you're not going to make any progress on on these songs. Um, and the counter message is the songs that I have finished would disagree. Um, I might not finish all of the songs that I'm working on, and I, or I might not finish it at least in you know in one sitting. But I can at least write a few lines or figure out some chords, and progress is progress. Um, and then the last one is uh, you're not actually very good at what you do. Um, and I have in parentheses drawing, singing, playing guitar, songwriting. Um, and, uh, counter message for this one is like a little bit long, but it's, I'm certainly not the best at anything I do. And I obviously have plenty of room to grow, but my art has a voice that is unique to me, uh, and resonates with those I've shared it with. Also creating isn't always being, isn't always about being great at what you do. Uh, it's about taking the raw material of creation and fashioning it into a form that expresses something true. Um, and it is also sometimes just for fun. Nate, that is so good. Those are so good. Thank I you. know. Mine were so short, and you came up with, like, really We can end the podcast here. <laughs> 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 no, but I think that's... And I think it's cool to see, like, the same things crop up for different people. Also. Right. And how, and how different people mm -hmm. deal with those things, too. Like, mm -hmm. what our internal responses are. Yeah. Mine were, I have other things more important at the moment that I need to do. And my counter message was, this is important and I need to schedule time. 
and I had I need to work out more details before I sit down to write the actual story. Um, and my counter message was, I'll work it out as I write. That's normally how it goes anyway. Um, and the last one was, I just need to rest. And I wrote down, I need to set time for rest and for work and have a regular rhythm. So, those are mine. Mm. Those, those are, are good. good I like that yeah. last one in yeah. particular, actually. Yeah. That resonates. I feel like they all center somewhat around, like, making time for your and, art. And, like, being... Yeah. Yeah. Like, validating the time. Yeah, and, like, overworking also. and then, like, being exhausted. So, having better boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, and then also, it seems like in yours, it kind of hits on your... Enneagram. Oh my gosh. I'm almost done with the Enneagram. Your Enneagram <laughs> one is. <laughs> <laughs> but like having some more grace for yourself for not like it not doing it perfectly. It's perfect. That's why I cannot sing. That's so funny. Noelle, what were your three? Um. So the resistance was, or the res- lie of resistance is, your work means nothing. You're just shouting into a void and no one cares so dark um i know this is a little dark (laughs) yeah i was very um in a very light place when i was doing this and um i the counter message that i wrote was your work means something to you and that matters and it will mean something to the people it needs to mean something to you might not know who it is and it, it doesn't matter. That's not your job. Your job is just to make it. So that's something that I was like, yeah, that's right. It's not my job who's, like, viewing my art. Like, I put it out there. I'm just supposed to make it. And if somebody gets something from it, that's awesome. But if not, that's it's okay. There's it's part just of me that's me. so, like, because I, like, love all three of your guys' art so much and think it's so profound and moving where I'm like, what the crap is wrong with you? Your art's amazing. <laughs> this is a real job. <laughs> but, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's why, like, having an art community, like, this podcast is so important, because it's like, nobody cares, and then, like, I need that Becca in my life to be like, what the hell, I care, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah. Which leads very well into my second one, is no one cares if you paint. And mm. so, which is a lie. You care, like, I care if I don't paint. Um, and you're someone. So that's what I said. Um, and then my last one was, if you were a real artist, you would be XYZ, making money, having a solo show, being in a gallery, etc. And the counter to that was, was Van Gogh a real artist? Yes. Yes, he was. Was Emily Dickinson a real author? Yes. Yes, she was. So it's okay if you're not monetizing everything you do Mm. so i need to hear that that. yeah it's really good yeah yeah i think i think like all of these like i've definitely thought (laughs) you know like i think it's cool to see like how yeah just like how prevalent these thoughts are and like how often they like get in the way. Um. It's interesting to me that a lot of them seem to like center around like a, a common theme that I'm seeing is like uh, resistance trying to tell us like what art should be, like trying to define art in mm-hmm. like a very narrow way. Um, it's only valuable if you're making money off of it. It's only valuable if lots of people are seeing it. Like, it's only valuable, even it's only valuable if it's finished. Like, Mm. um, I think. Right in the feels, Nate. (laughs) Right. So, you know, I, I think, uh, I think a lot of, I, I think maybe this is like too simplistic, but I think there could probably be a lot of creative problems solved uh, if we just like broadened our definition of what art and creativity can be, because um, it is still art, even if you're not making money off of it, it's still art. If it's yeah, if not that many people see it, it's still you know X Y Z. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think that's something that's like, I don't want to be like, it's because we're Americans. But um, <laughs> I think it it might be a little it's a, bit. It's a lot of that, yeah. I think it is. Like, you know, if you're not if you're not making money with your time, then what are you doing? You know? Right. Or like if you're not, yeah, if you're not, like you said, if you're not making money, like, what's the point? Like, how is that adding value to your life? And I think that's kind of like a defense I, or not a defense, but like an accusation I feel a lot from like people that maybe aren't artists or aren't in this place. And not that they're like saying that to me, but I I like sense that um, Mm -hmm. whether it's like, from them like not asking me about how it's going or like showing interest or or like a comment or something. I think we've talked about this before, but it's also like a lot of me. It's like, no, they're maybe not thinking that like you think that. Yeah. I feel like sometimes people kind of approach like artists and their creativity almost like like somebody in a new relationship, like let's not ask about it unless they bring it up. Yeah, so then it's like super awkward to bring up all the time. Like I'm not, yeah. I don't want to bring it up. If you want to, like, I want to talk about it, but I feel weird, not like just being like, yes, let me tell you about my painting. Like you know, <laughs> yes, exactly. No, exactly. It's like you're the only person with a kid in a room full of singles. And maybe they have, like, a good, like, maybe they do want to talk to you about your kid, but you feel a little awkward talking about your kid. Yeah. Because it's like, I don't want to make you feel bad for not having a kid. Oh, my gosh. I have this thing when I tell people that I'm pregnant. I've had, like, four or five, each pregnancy, and then I want my second one, where they have to tell me why they never, ever want to have kids, which, like... Wow, it's almost like it's not about them. What? That's so happy. They're like, oh yeah, I'm pregnant. And they're like, I never want to have children because you can't travel, it destroys your body, and it's such a huge financial drain. So I am never going to have them. Like, I mean, that's great. I mean, that's your choice. I'm not saying you have to. I was just saying that I was having one. You're like, I didn't say you were pregnant. I said I'm pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong with you? I don't have kids, and I still don't travel, so I don't know what people do. Yeah, right. Find a body other ways. Feel that. Yeah, it's, yeah, I feel like I've had that happen to me, too. Or it's like, well, you already had one, so people are excited for the first one. No one's going to be excited for the second one. I had somebody said that. I had, like, two people say that to me. I was like, what? That's so horrible. Why are people <laughs> awful? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. They just are. No matter what your choices are. Like, even if you're like, oh, I don't want to have kids, like, then they're like, oh, well, you're like, it doesn't matter what you do. People will say, like, awkward, weird things. Uh, people you know? have <laughs> such opinions about things. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, speaking Great of transition. Sorry, sorry, I got on the tangent. Um, <laughs> speaking <laughs> of low-grade misery pervading everything. Um, Love that. On page 31, um... He's talking about, it kind of starts out, you're like, what's he talking about? And then he ends up talking about, um, like, consumerism. Um, mm-hmm. And he just he's talking about unhappiness and, like, all these th- terrible things we feel. We hate our lives. We hate ourselves. Um, and, then, and then at the bottom of the page it says, what makes it tricky is that we live in a consumer culture that's acutely aware of this unhappiness and has masked all its profit-seeking artillery to exploit it. Um, and then he, at the end of this section, he is talking about, you know, being an artist and he says, when we, when we do the work, we unplug ourselves from the grid by recognizing that we will never cure our restlessness by contributing our disposable income to the bottom line of bullshit (laughs) ink, but only by doing our work, which I love that, like BS ink. It's so funny. Um, (laughs) Anyway, like, so I thought we could talk about kind of just like consumerism and the the exercise for this week. Um, I was just trying to like maybe redirect our consumerism. And so the exercise was consume something, which didn't technically mean you have to buy something, but it could have been that. Um, Consume something that encourages or enhances your art. 
rather than as just kind of like a pacifying item that you just had to have. Um, and then I guess along with that is just like, how do you think we can funnel maybe these tendencies into our work if we can't like avoid it entirely? And it, like, is that the goal? Um, and then this kind of reminded me of artist dates, like, like Julia Cameron's artist dates where, cause a lot of times I think our artist dates were like, Oh, I bought myself flowers or I went and watched like saw a movie or I bought this book for myself or I think like those tended to be like spending money which is like fine but I think it's kind of interesting that I guess that's technically still it's just redirected but it's in a way that's yeah it's kind of like redirected so I like the defiance of that like, it's sort of like, oh, like, the culture wants me to consume mindlessly. Fine, whatever, I'll consume, I'll play your game, but I'm going to do it in a way that, like, serves my creativity and ends with me, like, putting something good into the world. Yeah, this was such um, a neat angle to take, Christina. Yeah, I yeah, I liked, I liked this exercise a lot for that reason. Good. So, Nate, <laughs> what did you consume? Uh, yeah. So, mine, so mine's pretty simple. Um, I bought two guitar straps. I got a new, I got mm. a new guitar not that long ago, and I have just been using the strap that was with my, that I used with my old guitar, which is like a plain black guitar strap. Um, but I bought two different ones that I think both are, that like fit my aesthetic a little bit. And since like I'm in a band and performing regularly, it's like the aesthetic is Part Wait, did it. you get the one I said um, to? And I got the one that you said to, and I got also got uh. the one that Derek said to. I bought too. So mm-hmm. I so I got the yeah the red one with that has like sort of Nate the, is very um, conflict avoidant. So he asked two of his friends I, which I, guitar <laughs> strap to get, and they say different things. He gets them both. Uh, <laughs> that's true. Um, I uh, but I do. I actually I thought about buying all three because I did really like all three, but I ended up just going with two because if I had bought the all three, it would have been like. So. <laughs> an amount of money that I didn't want to spend. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so one of them has like this like pseudo floral pattern and it's like red and stuff and it's pretty vibrant and cool looking. And then the other, the other one is like gray canvas with um, brown leather on either end and that matches like my phone case, my laptop bag. Like I have a lot of stuff that sort of fits that aesthetic. So it's, um, cool. it's good. I feel good about it. Good purchase. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you for giving me an excuse to do it. Like, go ISF. Yeah. Um, for my birthday, Noelle got me a Emily Jeffords painting. Um, oh, yes, ooh. I did. Oh, my goodness. When you said what Noelle got me for my birthday, I was like, crap, what did I get? Yeah, <laughs> and it's, um, it's beautiful. And I, it's a print. Okay, it's not whatever. actually a um, And I can't tell the difference. It doesn't matter to me. Um <laughs> It matters okay. a lot to me. So okay, I'm talking about myself Jeffers. right now. So, <laughs> so I got it, and um, I love it. And then I'm changing this room that I'm in right now, which has been like my workspace, into the nursery for the new baby. Please don't tell me all your reasons for why you hate mm. pregnancy. Um, and okay, I'm so excited. And Go on. Um, I was like, well, I'll wait to frame it and put it up in my new workspace base that I'm setting up and I was going to do that and it's just been taking longer to get everything moved and transitioned and stuff so I just haven't framed it yet. This is a really long story to say that I bought a frame for it because I was going to put it up right above my desk where I write and then it would be like my little my aesthetic inspiration for my writing and I just haven't finished gotten haven't gotten everything together and I was like I don't want to wait this is a great opportunity that Christina gave me to put this and to have my inspirational little painting for writing time. And Derek goes, why did you buy that? Christina told me to. It's for the podcast. It was really really that conversation last night. It's for my art. And he's not talking to me anymore. (laughs) Noelle, did you get something? 
Um, I, so I thought you meant like consume something, like watch something. No, so that I is fine too. Something. That is that wrong. totally fine. You are kicked that out was... of the podcast. <laughs> no, that's, I definitely had that in mind. I just maybe didn't make that clear. Um, so I really like this. There was this podcast called Modern Love, which the New York Times, like the New York Times does it and they're short essays about love and what that looks like nowadays and sometimes they're romantic love sometimes it's friendship sometimes it's family so they're just really interesting short stories that are well written and then they usually had at least they used to have a famous person kind of read them in like this you know very awesome voice uh and they made it into a tv series i saw that yeah like in the first season i didn't i really enjoyed and then they came out with the second season, and it was one of those things that I was like, oh, one day I'll make time to watch that because I really liked it. I really liked that column. Like, I think it, I just think it's really interesting and fascinating the way that they do it. So I actually made time to, like, watch a couple episodes, and Sam watched them with me, which it is not usually, like, if we watch a show together, it's not usually that sort of thing. Mm. It's usually, like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of something. He like watches the Pacific because it's relaxing. Oh, about the like, let's the relax and watch the Pacific thing. Derek loves that yeah, one. Yeah, like he loves World it. War Two. He thinks it's relaxing. Well, no, Derek thinks it's relaxing. I'm like Band of Brothers is Yeah, that's the other one that he watches when he like. I, just I did fall relax. asleep while watching it, even though it was very good. I was just very tired. <laughs> Yes. So did you I like Modern Love? Could keep us on track. Yes, I would. Ha- I would like. I haven't watched all of the episodes. But I've watched some of them. Okay, I heard it was so, good, so I yeah. want to watch it. I think her name is Minnie Driver. I think oh, yeah. that's her name. She's, she's like a- older. She's an older actress, right? Yeah. Um, and her episode. I think. I think it's her. I could be wrong, but her episode was really good about her like husband who passed away, his car. Like how she talks to him while she drives her car, like that's mm. how she like remembers him. It was just it was really good. So yeah, I that's that on my list. What, what you think, Christina? Um, so I got a book, which um is called I haven't started it yet, but it's called Putting It Together. Um, it's brand new. It's a brand new book. I'm really excited. But it was written by James Lapine, who uh, worked on Sunday in the Park with George with Stephen Sondheim. And it's like his kind of like account of the process of that show, of Sunday in the Park with George. Um, I'm very excited because that's like one of my favorite shows. And he's done he's done other shows too. But anyway, so I haven't read it yet, but I got it. And I just feel like those kinds of books always are really interesting and inspiring mm. for my work. So I'm very excited. Very and cool. I'll let you know how it is. All right, so the last um, the last exercise slash, I guess, theme um, was about or is about criticism, which so I think something we can all relate to a bit a little um so this is obviously like super prevalent in I think the arts and like our culture and um yeah just I don't know if it's more so because of social media probably but um he says this is page 38 he says individuals who are realized in their own lives almost never criticize others which mm, i don't know if that's true i wouldn't say almost never absolute um, statements never <laughs> yeah right? that's, yeah yeah i mean i don't know you guys know that's true? <laughs> i i don't think that's true i think that there's a place for criticism that well okay i guess there's different kinds of criticism. yeah so, right i think if you i think if you are like you know, whatever we're calling a fully realized person, a fully realized so creative person, whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, I think that you, I think that people who are sort of in that position have 
constructive criticism to offer. Um, I, th- I don't think that if you are in, I don't think that the more sort of self-actualized you get, you probably, you probably do get less critical in general, but the other thing that happens that is also really important is the motivation behind your criticism and like what kind of criticism that you're giving. It's not that you stop criticizing. It's that the, you sort of start criticizing from a place of genuinely trying to help um, mm-hmm. rather than just trying to put people down. Well said, Nate. Yeah. Or like, and you Thank don't you. just criticize to make yourself feel better because you're in an unhealthy place. I feel right. like some of the most creatively healthy artists I, I know, like they do have criticism. Like they usually have well developed thoughts about it whatever they're consuming but they usually wait until someone asks or like the mm-hmm. creator of the thing asks like hey could you give me some feedback on this and then if you're creatively healthy you like can be honest about it yeah. and not yeah. just rip the person up yeah I agree um, so the exercise I don't know if I said it but the exercise was notice a moment when you are criticizing, not out loud, could be in your head, someone else, turn it into a call to action for yourself. Um, did anybody have, was anybody critical this week? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, certainly not. Um, well, I, you know, since we're talking about like healthy versus unhealthy criticism, um, I will talk about some unhealthy criticism. Um, I I went to go see a play, and before I say anything else, um, the play was incredible. I actually went to go see it twice. And then texted um, me that I, I needed to go see with, it. And Yeah, and texted, yeah, because um, it was really, really good. The whole cast, super solid, genuinely, like, transcended what my expectations for community theater are. Like, it was, mm. it's, it's, like, just a really, really, Hashtag really solid Arthur play. Miller. Um, yes, um, uh, All My Sons by Arthur Miller. Mm. Um, really great. I mean, it helps, it helps the performances. I think that it's just a very well-written play, but the performances themselves were just crazy good. Um, and, uh, it was one that I had thought about auditioning for when I found out about it. Um, it didn't work out, you know, the timing and everything, but, um, and so I kind of, I knew that I was going to do this, uh, before I went to go see it and I was right. Um, I was, you know, I, for, for part of it, like I was, I found myself sort of comparing like, okay, this is like, you know, this person chose to deliver this line this way. I, I would have done it differently. Like I, this mm. is how I would have done it and stuff. But I think really like part of where that comes from is just like frustration that I'm not up there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I and so the call to action for myself is like okay, we'll audition for something, mm-hmm. bud. Like do, like mm-hmm. um and uh and I am planning to do that. I'm hoping to do a play really soon, but um I um and it was good. I cuz even like like I said, there 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 wasn't really like a there wasn't a true like weak link in the cast. Um, and so I, I really could sort of attribute a lot of the criticism that I was offering up to this unhealthy side of myself that I could kind of turn around and say, like, okay, we'll do something about it. Yeah. That's that a was great perfect. example. Yeah. Thanks. It was super <laughs> unhealthy on my part, but great. Um, and like I said, it's, it feels a little bit contrived because I knew going into it that that was probably going to be what was going to happen and I sort of so I was able to I like had the thought process before I even actually offered up any criticism but mm. um, but it but I do think that it is like I I, I do think that it was a, a good example of like what um, Pressfield is, is talking about here yeah definitely for sure did anybody else have mine something mine was similar but it was professional not um, artistic. Mm. I applied for like a bajillion jobs and, um, I applied to two schools in the same school district in the same County as the high school English teacher. And for one, 
I was offered, and it was like the same position, just at two different schools. Um, actually, one was just a temporary position for like a one-year contract, and the other one was like until you die or retire position. And um, mm. I was offered the job at the like you are here until you die school, um, and I took it like over like other job offers that I had. Um, and the school that was the one-year contract didn't offer it to me, but I happened, but because I was a new employee and the other English teacher was a new employee, we were at the same orientation and I was like annoyed by her Mm. when she just had like normal people questions. And I think it was like the same thing where I was like, (laughs) and it was just an ego Mm. thing because I would rather have the job I have than her job. I was just like pissed off that they didn't offer me the job. (laughs) I don't know. And so so I got myself, I was like, she's doing nothing wrong. Everything's fine. So I think like, my, I don't know, the only call to action I could think of was, like, I need to be secure in where I am and not feel like I need to compete with everybody all the time. I don't know. Mm. Like, it's fine. Like, mm. if I am doing what I want to do, I need to not worry about other opportunities that I don't, I didn't get, you know. Because if I... Yeah. yeah. Like, her win is not your yeah, loss. Yeah, because I would have turned it down <laughs> yeah. anyway. I think I was yeah. just, like... I just yeah. wanted to, you know, like Galadriel and the Fellowship all will love me in despair. <laughs> That's what I wanted. And I didn't get that. <laughs> yes. Goals. That's yeah. Yep. Oh man. But it was a professional yeah. one, not an artistic oh. one. I actually had somebody else mention, like a coworker, mention that she was writing a novel and that she was like a hundred pages in, and I think. Before, I would have been jealous, but I was genuinely happy for her. And I was like, that's great. And so I felt mm. like that was a good sign of I didn't happen to have it there. Yeah. So that was good. good. Yeah. That's gross. Noelle Poo? Noelle, did you? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I have so much. Um, <laughs> I have so many examples of this. There's this one lady on the Internet who I've never met before, but we were part of a similar, Ladies on the Internet uh, you've never group. met are the worst. Ladies on the Internet that I've never met. And she does portraits, which is great. And so I think there's, like, a sense of competition there in my head. She probably doesn't even know I exist. And then the other thing that she does is she does digital art, which is... Um, which is also great, but not what I do. And she, like, has done a lot of process videos that she shares, and she literally traces a photograph. Oh, you talked about this annoying. She doesn't do any of the... And then she doesn't do any of the facial features, which this is super popular for some people, and Mm. it just annoys me every time I see it because, like, it comes up on my feed because it's like, you're charging this many dollars to trace a photograph, I could do that and charge <laughs> that. that. I could do that. Like that's I not. That I have better integrity. <laughs> choosing not to. And it, it was just like one of those things that's like, why does this bother you so much? And I mm. think it's because one, she's selling a lot, which is great. It's a, it goes back to like her win is not my loss. Um, but then it's also like, I want people to. Like appreciate portraiture and the hard work that it is to draw a freaking eyeball. Ew, why were you talking like, about that? You're disgusting. <laughs> or noses, fine. Noses. noses. <laughs> like there's like it's just a blank face. Yeah. So I don't know. Just trying to like be like, okay, her win is not your loss, and if she's making good money with her art, you can do that too. You just need to like figure it out, market yourself a little differently. It's not even your market. Like you. That's mm. not what you do. If somebody asked you to do that, you would say no because that's not what you I'm do. I'm going to start doing that. So. Just kidding. Just if Noelle's paint. Just it's if Noelle's so easy. Art, you could. It's that's so, it's so easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you man. have an iPhone? Because you could do it. I'll actually just take pictures <laughs> of your paintings and then trace them and sell them. <laughs> oh, man. That is What terrible. about you, Christina? Do you... Did you um, yeah, mine isn't like super great. I think cause I kind of like pushed this one or wasn't thinking about it, but I was listening to a podcast 
which I really like. Um, it's called, actually, I think Anna told me about it. Um, it's called like Gabby and something. Mm. It's terrible. Yeah. I oh, I know what you're talking about. Do you know what I'm talking about? Gabby yeah. and making an effort. Gabby and Mel. Making, yeah. 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 Um, and I really like, like, they're just like friends. They like talk about stuff and they did this episode about, which is a really good episode. So listen to it if you, if you want, but it's about, um, having like married friends with kids or like friends with kids and like single friends and like like navigating that relationship and like the challenges and stuff and they talk about it's based on a book uh ghost i, I think to to the author. that is a huge part of my life yeah, right now that really has a lot good. of attention yeah it's really good and but <laughs> i just found myself being like oh like they didn't like talk about this and like, oh, I think like they could have done a better job or like, oh, they didn't have like both. I don't know. I just like found myself kind of like critiquing how they did it. It's still a really good episode. You should listen to it. But, um, I don't know. It just kind of made me be like, well, like, like you're working on the podcast this week. Like make it really good. Or I don't know. It was just like, I don't know. Or like, talk. oh, well maybe you should like talk about this with your friend. Um, you know, and I don't know. It just like made me kind of think and be like, oh, you don't need to be like so critical. Like they, it was a really good episode. So it was just kind of like I was being <laughs> dumb. But but you should listen. It is really interesting. I think my critique was like, oh, they should have done this with somebody because they're both moms. It was like, oh, they should have done this with a non-mom. Like it would have been so interesting to have like both perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, like... So it was more like it was more like on the one it was more like on the mom like when side a bunch of like, men talk about like sexism and you're like <laughs> <laughs> exactly. not a woman at that table. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so do we want to do our projects or Nate's assignments next? Let's do Nate's assignments. Nate's assignments. Okay, Nate. All right. The floor. So, um, assignments for the next episode, there are three. Um, first one is write down three or more things that you love about your art. So some questions Mm. to get you started. Um, what made you start your current project? What keeps you going back to it? Um, what about it is more exciting and interesting to you than the rest of your life? Um, and keep that list as a weapon against resistance and feel free Mm. to add to it over time. Um, the second one is... Um, set aside some time to work on your art alone this week. And as you do, take note of who is with you even while you are working alone. Um, Mm. Is it your characters? Is it your future audience? Um, Is it your subject? Um, And let their presence motivate you. That will make more sense when you read the pages. These are good. um, Thank you. Um, The the last one is... um, this is honestly, like, I thought about this before I had read this, the section and wanted to put it in, but I can sort of draw a tangential line. Um, but it's pick an artist who inspires you and do a little bit of research and find an artist who inspires them um, and then spend some time with that person's art, um, whether it's, like, a musician or a, or, or a painter or a, um, or a writer or something and, and just sort of, um, you know, we can talk about how we feel about our influences, influences. I like that. Snaps for so great. Cool. Yeah. Thanks very much. Great. I really like this coming up with our own exercises. I think. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, it's fun. And it's like, they're all so different. So mm-hmm. I like that. All right. So let's talk about um, projects. Anybody want to start? Um, I'll go first. So I worked some on my nativity painting series project. I actually like sat down and painted and I also researched like the kind of cards and stuff that I wanted to use and where I wanted to get them printed and kind of did some of the math. Oh, you were doing the Christmas? The timeline of it all? You were I can't talk. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Cool. That's great. (laughs) Uh... Yeah, so, like, I've got that kind of in the works, and I had, like, a couple people I was, like, bouncing ideas off of, and they were like, oh, yeah, I would totally buy Christmas cards for you. 
from you. So I was like, well, at least that one person will buy them. So we'll be with I think it's such a it. good idea. I think yeah. It's and I, and I had this really cute, I was bouncing, um, ideas off the same person and they were like, well, what if you did like kids dressed up as the nativity? Like a portrait of a kid in a, like a, in a cheap costume, like in their nativity thing. I was like, man, that would be, I think that would be kind of fun to paint. So we'll see. Yeah. I think that's cool. I think there's so much like you can do. And like, the great thing is Christmas comes every year. So yeah. So I have, you can save those like ideas. Take all those enormous forces of consumerism in December and channel it towards people's like desires towards something artistic yes yeah exactly becca how was your i'm having trouble i don't know what's going on i literally Mm. wrote one paragraph and that was it so Mm. i'm not sure what it is i also like have like bits and pieces of the story like i have some in one notebook and then some in another notebook it's just, and then I also have some on like mm. a, um, on like a, a word document. And so it's like, and which is honestly like not characteristic of me. I'm usually like rigidly organized to the like despair of my students mm. and family. So I'm not sure w- why yeah. I'm doing this. I would say compiling yeah. has helped me in the past. Because I feel like that sometimes I like have stuff in all these places. I've tried to to do that with Google yeah. Docs lately, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. helped me a bit. And there's so many apps yeah, out there too. Yeah, and I need to but- do that. So I think I need to get organized. And then I'm just not sure why I'm struggling with like having time. Though my mind has been on fire with just like wanting to read so much. I kind of like go through like sort of mm-hmm. phases of just reading like, oh, I'll read my 20 minutes before I go to bed and then just being like absolutely obsessed. And I've been obsessed with reading. I can't like stop. Um, like Derek asked me if I wanted to watch a movie last night. I was like, no, I'm deep into the Hunger Games. I do not want to talk to anyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I don't know why mm. I am blocked. I need to work on it. But I wrote like five sentences. I that sounds yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. What about you, Christina? Um, I so I was away a bit, but before I left uh, for Maryland, I um, what did I do? Oh, I know what I've been working on. Okay, so I've been working on this um, kind of like a mood board for Ooh. the show. Ooh, which is like kind of that. for me kind cool. of for like people that I have like look at it just because I feel like this is the show is like so moody like pardon <laughs> the pun but um I just like feel like it's a mood and I want people to like get it and I think it's really I don't know I think it's really hard when you're just like reading something on a page so anyway I've been like researching and stuff like what's the best way to like send this basically I want a Twyla box where I could just mm-hmm. give it to somebody and be like here's the box of this show and like they open it up and it's like here's what this character looks like and he- oh here's this like YouTube clip of this black country dialect and here's um, Liz Berry's book and like here's I don't just like all these things that like make that have influenced yeah. like the show but I can't really do that so and Google Docs is like very boring and not very aesthetically pleasing so anyway all that to say i've been working on like what i can use what platform i think what i'm going to end up doing is making a website the um, uh, the other thing you could do is a pinterest board i've thought about that um yeah i'm gonna look into that that could that could work well um yeah just because there's like so many diff there's like links and there's photos and mm-hmm. there's like audio just trying to figure out the best way to like get everything together so one of my friends was like oh you should just do a website you could like have a password for it so it's like not open to everyone you could just send whoever like and then you can make it look Mm -hmm. so this reminds me a lot of tennessee williams you know like at the beginning of his plays he has like these very like 
this is the like in-depth descriptions, like this kind of lighting, this kind of mood. This is like the feeling mm-hmm. before you even see any part of the play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's been like on my to-do list now, I guess, and like been kind of consuming. That's but fun. Cool. Nate, what about you? Um, I haven't done a ton of writing since since we last met, but um, I I worked a little bit on a song for I'm playing a solo show um, fairly soon. That is the concept of it is really interesting. It's um, uh, it's set up as like two sets, a short set at the beginning during which the audience will like write down questions, and then there will be like a little intermission where I'll interact with the audience. And then during the longer second set, I will, um, uh, I'll like answer those questions in between songs. Um, and so, um, and the, it's, it's going to be at Clatter, which is the coffee shop that I'm sure we've talked about before. Um, I, um, it's set, there's like, it's a series of shows and I'm, I'm one of them, um, called trials and there's like a frame narrative around it that's like i'm on trial like my soul is on trial and the performance that i give is like my defense and stuff it's very like it's a really cool concept i like it a lot but i'm writing a song specifically for it um and which is why i said all that and um i put a little bit of work into that um this past week and it's it's coming along it's got a ways to go but it's coming along cool it's great yeah. Thank you. Ciao, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Coffee and Creatives. There are several ways that you could support the Coffee and Creatives team. The easiest way is to rate and review our podcast on whatever platform you're enjoying it on. This really helps us get seen by more people. If you'd like to support us monetarily, you can sign up for our newsletter by signing up through Patreon. Our theme music is by Patrick Nichols. Derek McCauley and Patrick Nichols are our producers. Nate Hutchings is our social media content creative. Christina Nichols is our special event and guest creative. Rebecca McCauley is our writing content creative. And Noelle McManus is our creative director. To learn more about our creative journey, check out our Instagram at coffee underscore and underscore creatives or our website at www.coffeeandcreativesproject.com.